to the Hardware Asylum Podcast Extras. In this episode, Darren takes us through the Crack.com's seven biggest dick moves in video games. I'm your host, Dan Garcia. With me today, I have Darren McCain. Sometimes I just get a little bit too involved in avoiding work, shall we say. Uh, and I find something interesting on the web, and I thought it would be fun to share with you a really, really hilarious article from Cracked.com this week. Cracked is a, a what is it? You called it the Reddit. It's sort of, of gaming well, onion news or something. Yeah, sort of a, a an interesting blend, at least with this article of of the Onion and uh, <laughs> and Reddit, in that you're you've got some real world with some amazing commentary. So I will post the link in our forums. But what I want to do today is share with you a little bit of an older article, but it crossed my radar this week and it's just hilarious and also very educational. And it is from June 27th, 2011. Oh, what is that? Three years ago? Three years ago. Okay. A lifetime in video games. All right. What's the title? So a classic, the seven biggest dick moves in the history of online gaming. And that made it through the filter at work? <laughs> hey, what do you say? Sometimes you just got to get away. Anyway. <laughs> All right, bring it up. Let me start with number seven. And I'm sure that many of you are out there and familiar with this. But if you're not, definitely a great article that will lead you into maybe even more time wasting as you explore the details. Without further ado, number seven, the Eve Super Heist. Now, you had to know Eve was going to be on the list, right? Yeah, and the most recent one was uh, some major battle that cost uh, 100000 real dollars. That's right, the most expensive online battle in the history of video gaming in general, and definitely worthy of its own article. Yeah, but that is not this one. But that is not this one. This is a little bit older. Okay. So EVE Online, of course, is a virtual space world where you have the ability to make war or economize, and one of the great claims to fame in EVE is that it takes real-world time and in-game effort to build resources, and that makes it a great microchasm for economics. And that would be that real-world resources have a direct impact, which is a nice way of saying that you can sell your EVE stuff for real money, and you can buy EVE stuff from real money in a very economical and predictable way. And you can pay for your EVE monthly fee with in-game money. A lot of people do. So maybe more stable even than Bitcoins. <laughs> <laughs> nice nice tie-in. <laughs> no kidding. So it turns out that uh, in EVE, there, of course, there are heroes and villains, but one of the more interesting clans, if you will, is the Guiding Hand Social Club. Now, if you've never heard of these folks... Definitely pull up your Google, run, don't walk, and read about one of the most interesting guilds in any game anywhere. The Guiding Hand Social Club is an assassin for profit, assassin for hire group in EVE. Now, of course, they're not going to kill someone in the real world, but what they do is they specialize in infiltrating and assassinating in-game characters. And in EVE, death can be final. So you lose out on your monthly fee? Not that, but your character dies, and you have to start over, and they can destroy your things. Oh, okay, so that's kind of like in World of Warcraft. When you die, you start back at level one if you didn't save or something. Oh, my gosh, yes. Except for in EVE, you could be losing hundreds of thousands of dollars. In this particular example, the Guiding Hand Social Club was hired to destroy a character called Muriel, 
who was the CEO of a large clan, or as he would say, a corporation called, if I'm getting this right, Ubiqua Serif Corporation. So what happened is some jealous gamer or group of gamers from probably a rival corporation scrapped together their funds and they paid the Guiding Hand Social Club 500 real world dollars worth of EVE online credits to assassinate Muriel. So Muriel, as it turns out, is a very high level character in what's called the Naval Apocalypse, which is EVE online's equivalent of the Death Star. So it's one of the largest, most dangerous, most expensive. A big boat. Yeah, heck yeah. You're going to need a bigger boat, but you already <laughs> have it. So long story short, these folks, and you might hear that long story short a lot during this segment, the Guiding Hand Social Club infiltrated. They killed Muriel, emptied out the corporation's accounts and hangers, stole everything that wasn't bolted down, and blew up everything that was. That's great cracked speak for you. Mm -hmm. And then they killed Muriel again, giving that final death that we described. So for the equivalent of 500 real dollars, the Guiding Hand Social Club destroyed one of the rarest ships in the game, assassinated this high-level corporate leader, and just raped and pillaged everything that they had to the tune of about, get this, Dennis, $16,500 worth of real-world money. Wow. So, you know, I listen to that story, and every time that you say the Good Hand Social Club... <laughs> the Guiding Hand Social the, Club? Yeah, the Guiding Hand Social Club. I I keep thinking of, like, uh, like you know, the Elks Club or a Men's Club <laughs> or, like, a um, Gentleman's Club, you know, sort of thing. So it's like all, the, all these gangster guys hanging out in the back of a strip club waiting for someone to hire them to go and take out somebody somewhere else. So they have to leave their social setting. Ah. I don't know. I... Well, it's kind of fun. If you've gamed for any length of time and you're familiar with Eve, you probably have at least one buddy that's claimed at one point or another to be a member of this secret society. <laughs> and the sad thing is, you'll never know if it's true. <laughs> well, Muriel knows. <laughs> Maybe. All right, now, so what's next on the list? Number six. This one's one of my personal favorites. It takes us back to 2005. Maybe you've heard of a little game called World of Warcraft. Wow. <laughs> no pun intended. So... Uh, this one's called The Corrupted Blood Plague. It turns out that in 2005, Blizzard added a new boss, uh, a dragon, I believe, that had a hit point draining spell. So this spell would affect anyone that was standing directly next to this particular boss and then anyone near them. Well, since Blizzard is Blizzard and they thought that this particular spell would just kill anyone that's in that particular instance... They uh, didn't pay much attention to whether or not they needed to put limits on the contagion. So, as would happen in any gaming environment, somebody or someone figured out, hey, this is awful. How do I give it to all my friends? And figured out a way to get it out of the dungeon and into the real, if you will, uh, MMORPG WoW environment. So, outside of that particular boss's den. <laughs> this nasty contagion, Dennis, would instantly kill low-level players. So, of course, what do you do if you're a high-level player? You carry it around and give it to everyone you know. That's right. Share it with everyone you can. Well, <laughs> sounds, it sounds like Vegas. Yeah, you you wonder why we play video games, right? It's not even COD. But anyway, so this plague kills new players, old players, and would even infect non-player characters, which is a first for me. Um, so, you know, you're talking to an innkeeper, as Cracked would say, 
about your fetch quest or killing 10 wolves, and the spell could infect and kill you. So, <laughs> again, long story start, this particular Typhoid Mary attack uh, led to a group of renegade players actively fighting Blizzard to keep this particular plague alive, going so far as to infect their own virtual pets and then reinfecting themselves after they'd made it through whatever Blizzard quarantine. <laughs> so Blizzard ended up having to nuke and reset the entire world to get rid of it. And in the end, this particular contagion has become a case study for real-life scientists and bioterrorism experts on how contagion spread and how bioterrorism can be contained. Wow. So Blizzard, that's right. They're working hard to keep us from getting sick. And really, all they would have to do is go to Vegas. Crazy. <laughs> I know. So what's next? Next. was if that one wasn't good enough. Number five. Well, these are getting better as we go. Comes from uh, a little bit of an older game also, EverQuest. Sensing well, a theme here, maybe, with online games. That's right. While you're online, no one knows who you are. EverQuest is, of course, another multiplayer online quest-based game. Like well. Like well, older. So in this particular game, uh, they spawned a dragon that can only be woken by killing smaller dragons. <laughs> it's like Barkids. Yeah, kind of. And waking up Mordecai. So Carafum the Sleeper was EverQuest dragon equivalent of Sauron, as Cracked would say. So if Sauron drove the, the Death Star to work, you have about 100 times as many points as human bosses, immune to most damages, has some instant kill attacks, etc., etc. In short, Sony had designed this particular dragon to be indestructible and instant death. So, online players treated this as a challenge. Well, that that's the natural thing. You know, if it's a character that you can't kill, we got to figure out how to kill it. Exactly. Well, no one said specifically that you couldn't, right? Well, no. Uh, well, it's kind of like, uh, was it, you go after Terramorphous. Right. And you hit him a couple of times with like a green weapon and it doesn't look like any damage is being done. You hit him with something bigger and you see a little bit of damage. But then uh, out of the blue, here comes a tentacle and then knocks you off the map. That's right. So this particular dragon forced three of the largest guilds to cooperate. Eh, like herding cats. <laughs> it took these particular flare players... Um, oh my gosh, uh, the man hour equivalent of about, what does it say here? Oh my gosh, three, three man weeks three weeks of That's... continually grinding to take the points down and reheal, take the players down and reheal with large enough numbers that he couldn't kill them all at once. Mm-hmm. Long story short, <laughs> Sony saw that their attack was going on, and when the players had spent all this time and had finally gotten that dragon down to 22% health, what did Sony do? Did they reset the game? They pulled the plug, exactly. Turned everything off and pretended like nothing had happened, or at least blamed the players, until they had a chance to reboot the system. Well, you kind of have to think about it. It's like, if they introduce a character that can't be killed or shouldn't be killed, why is it there to begin with? And why does it take damage? Yeah, but very interesting. Anyway, Sony came back, apologized, reset the event, and apparently let folks have another slot at it, but not before embarrassing themselves in the typical Sony manner. So what's next? Number four. This one's a little bit rough around the edges. Crashing the funeral in World of Warcraft. 
I didn't really know they would have funerals in World of Warcraft. You know, apparently this is not a great idea. No respect, of course, to anyone that's passed away and their friends making the effort to give them a funeral. But if you're going to give someone a funeral, it's probably not the best idea to make it very public and to hold it on a player versus player server. Uh, no. So, long story short, these WoW players held their funeral, mourned their friends somewhere out in the middle of, well, for lack of a better term, a battlefield. (laughs) And, of course, they're not buffed and ready for combat because they're out doing their funeral thing and respecting their friend, and I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. However, as you'd expect from video games where no one can hear you scream in real life, they were attacked and slaughtered by a rival clan. That's right. Make sure you have a ceasefire before you try to do anything in a PvP server. And even then, I would really expect to be hurt. Leroy Jenkins! Leroy Jenkins! Which takes us to number three. Number three, I have to admit, is my personal favorite on this list. It takes us back to Ultima Online. Oh, how many did... They only had one online, but how many Ultima games did they have? Oh my gosh, seven, eight... Yeah, they started on, like, Atari or something. So I cut my teeth on all of the Ultima games when I was growing up. And, of course, Richard Garrett is the creator of the modern MMORPG, which was started with the Ultima franchise. Richard Garrett, otherwise known as Lord British, had become a bit of a celebrity, kind of the uh, uh, Carmack, if you will, of the early online gaming system. So it was really a big deal when Richard would show up in a game. He actually played? He did play. Wow. Yeah. Prop, props to him. So long story short, again, again, Richard decided one day to show up on a server. So the programmer spent months of coding to set it up so that he would basically be a god, invincible in the game. Well, you can't have the creator of the thing being able to be killed by some dude that plays like 24-7. So you say. So his first highly publicized appearance attracted nearly everyone in the game to one location, (laughs) which had the immediate effect of crashing the servers. (laughs) Well, we all remember when online games did that all the time. Right, EA? So anyway, when they did finally turn back on the server, they had to reduce the server load, so... The savvy developers decided to turn off Richard's automatic sentries that they had built to protect him. And in the mix of trying to get everything logged and back up for this highly publicized event, uh, Richard's character respawned without his invincibility option turned on. And the hordes came and he did not make it. So a user, Reigns, to give credit, stole a Firefield scroll which is only possible because they didn't respawn the guards, and tried to attack the king. The attack, as quoted by Cracked, was so randomly suicidal, because Reigns had no idea that the invincibility was gone, that Garrett's asbestos player guards were already mocking the assassin over text chat and wondering what the assassin thought of such a pretty spell, right as the king went up in flames. (laughs) (laughs) So if it's possible to kill a god in an online video game. That's right. Richard Garrett was killed. So So, this started a virtual riot and proved, if nothing else, that Ultima Online had successfully passed one of its worst beta tests ever. (laughs) I kind of wish I would have seen that. 
There's probably a YouTube of it somewhere. Yeah, that one probably very good, although pre-YouTube. You'd think somebody would have a video. And in fact, well, as, I'm, as I'm reading on here, it turns out that the Sony uh, employees fought back by teleporting entire groups of people randomly into space, which, of course, had the same effect as if you and I were teleported in space today. Yeah. Game over, man. <laughs> Game over, man. All right, so what's next? Number Wait. six, or the second to the last. Number two. N- number two. Number two on the list. Thank you. Number two on the list. Okay. Climbing oh. to number one. Is this the one with actual dicks? Yes, the literal dick attack. So I'm sorry, you're at home at kids. I'll do my best to keep this clean. But this is from a little game called Second Life. Shocker, an online game. <laughs> that was one, I want to say, what was it? CSI New York actually had all of their characters in Second Life, and you could go and do virtual crime scenes. Yeah. So they, they advertised it for that for a while. Now, I have to admit, I never really got into Second Life. I didn't see the appeal, but a lot of folks did, and a lot of folks monetized. I thought it being The Sims online sort of thing. Sort of. So one particular character in the world, or, or Avatar, is a character, Anshi Chung. So it turns out that a real-world teacher named, um, I'll try... Eileen Grafe created this Angie character as an avatar, and this particular avatar's business grew to the face and sight, I guess. Wow. She made the cover of Business Week. Let's just put it that way. Okay, so she got popular in the real world for being in the virtual world. Exactly. So her virtual character made the cover of Business Week. That's got to be a first. So they got so popular that CNET decided to do a live interview in the virtual world, publicizing this. So they set up a set. That can't go And they invited the avatar to join her, and they started an interview. And what happens, of course, when you try to do something serious online? Well, it depends on if it's going to be broadcast live to the rest of the world or if it's only going to be contained in your living room. (laughs) Exactly. So this one was going to go out to the world. So I'm going to say that anything inappropriate as possible will be possible in a very short amount of time. How does a flying army of giant disembodied animated penises sound? That sounds perfect, actually. That's right. (laughs) Poor Hanshi, uh, (laughs) in the middle of her CNET invite, uh, was attacked by a... A horde of penises. A horde of penises. Let's just put it that way. So, of course, how did they react? They didn't return to a secure server. They went instead to her home server. Well, in the midst of the bombardment, our classy online (laughs) hackers, can we even call them hackers? Pranksters, maybe, is a better term. Well, they probably call them script kitties, but yeah, pranksters. Had found enough time to take pictures of their virtual avatar and uh, desecrate them. Superimposed penises on them, right? Exactly. So... Of course, their attack brought down the entire server and generated an amazing amount of publicity for the event, which maybe in the long run helped. So what do we learn from this one? Um, Private servers, good thing. Public servers, uh, you're open to whatever anyone else has. That's right. Never believe that the Internet isn't full of giant dicks. No pun intended. Well, that takes us to number one. Number one. Now, of course, this is a little bit older article, so you may be familiar with some other larger events that have happened since then. But this one I am personally familiar with because I read quite a bit about it at the time. And we're going to revisit EVE Online. 
So we're bookmarking Eve. Eve's ultimate investment scam. So oh, this eerily echoes the recent Bitcoin fiascos in the news. A particular player named Callie won at Eve Online, as they say it cracked. Okay. Callie had decided that rather than try to earn ISK, which is the Eve in-game currency by mining, completing quests, killing each other off or whatever, that Callie would just come on and start up a virtual bank. Okay. So credit to Eve Online that this is even possible because Eve really is an amazing game, although it's not for everyone, as you've probably learned from this article. <laughs> so Callie built up this Eve Intergalactic Bank, the EIB, by starting up loans, etc., doing repayments, hiring protection, the whole nine yards that you'd expect from sort of a Wild West bank. Okay. Callie was able to bring an incredible amount of money in and out of the game. And all this would probably be lost in the annals of time if he hadn't pulled a classic online dick move. <laughs> Callie decided one day to just take the money and run. It sounds like a song. That's right. So Mr. Callie took about 790 billion ISK, which is the real world equivalent at the time of $170,000 in real world money. That's right, $170,000 from Eve Online. Now so, you're maybe a little more interested in playing? Yeah. So I'm assuming that his bank was not necessarily just giving out loans and stuff, but he was holding money for people that were foolish enough to let him have it. Like a real-world bank. The okay. economy in EVE Online is very realistic, one of its great strengths, but mm -hmm. in this case, one of its great weaknesses. Money and interest work like the real world. So his bank actually functioned like a real economic process. And in fact, that's how I know about this, is from an economics class where this was used as an example, because EVE Online is regularly used as an economic playground for particular studies. And the CDC. So... What did he do with his 170000 So Callie took his money, and then, as if that's not enough, what makes him number one on this list is that he took some of this money and bought or built a ridiculously powerful warship, sailed himself off into open space, and then placed a huge bounty on his own head, daring people to come out and try to kill him to get back at him. <laughs> and as if that's not enough, Callie posted a 15-minute video bragging about how he got away with it, mocking his employees and everyone that tried to stop him, mocking everyone that paid, and mocking everyone whose money he stole. <laughs> so I'm assuming that uh, they attacked him, but he still sailed away. Well, the article doesn't go into great length, but like all great video game villains, Callie's just Callie. In the real world, Somebody got away with it. And that, that is the top dick move from crack.com. That is an amazing list. And I'm going to say that I have not played any of those games on that list. And I'm not going to. <laughs> you know, if that didn't make you at least a little bit scared and interested in some of these games, um, you should at least go out and read about these things because the type of social experiment that is our internet today... It just amazes me. Yeah. Well, and when I was trying to find this article so I could follow along with you, I found another one that was like, this was like the biggest dick moves and this is the greatest dick move. So <laughs> definitely check out both of those and uh, you'll see a lot of similarities. Our thanks to crack.com for providing the original article and also some modern updates. 
So if you feel like wasting a little bit of time, go out and find out just exactly what you're missing in some of the most popular games out there and exactly why you might want to miss them. And we'll post those links on the site. Check us out at hardwareasylum.com. For more information on the topics discussed in this podcast, please consult our show notes on hardwareasylum.com. Stay up to date on the latest at Hardware Asylum by subscribing to our RSS, now available on iTunes. Join us on Facebook and follow us on Google. This has been an Engine Link production, copyright 2014. Thanks for listening.